the four-wheel chase experience. I love it. The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase podcast. Not just because of what he can do from a production standpoint, but he's a glue guy. He's like a chemistry. He's the chemistry lab. He is the one kind of common denominator that every player has said, we love being his teammate. We follow his lead. Joe, what's up, man? Obvious shirts. Really cool to have you on. I've been really excited to chat with you and just kind of, uh, you know, hear more about the Obvious Shirts brand. How are you doing today? Doing well. I'm cold. I hate winter. It is. Yeah, I, it's definitely cold. It's really, it's been cold in Virginia. I know it's got to be even colder in Chicago, right? I would be willing to bet it's colder in Chicago. Chicago just takes a certain type of person to make it through a winter, and I've done it now for 14 years straight and i'm quite i question myself every winter <laughs> well the good news is spring training is right around the corner already if you can believe mm-hmm. that um i've been watching the nfl playoffs and the super bowl will be here and before you know it spring training and a couple days later amen CupCon was uh what in the last week or so so i'm sure you were pretty busy out there right with uh obvious shirts probably making a ton of sales yeah um CupCon's great it's a great weekend it's a weekend i always look forward to um, but it's a grind, man. Like the setup, the teardown. Um, we do everything. I mean, we put that whole thing together in a half of a day and then tear it down in even less time. So, yeah, it went really well. Um, we always try to, we try to one up ourselves every year. Uh, I don't know if we succeeded, but we always try to improve. Uh, and each year our booth has grown a little bit bigger. Uh, so that's always nice. And it's just good seeing the familiar faces, the people that uh, from, come from out of town that you don't, see at the ballpark but uh they're at cubs con every year so I, I love seeing the the people that i haven't seen since cubs con previous year yeah definitely so i'm sure you you probably did one up yourself this year right in terms of uh sales profits things like that uh i'm not sure i it, i yeah i think we i think we grow every year um it's nice now i i have help i have employees so uh Devin, who runs the finances and operations, he would be able to give you an exact answer. But yeah, I think we, I think we did more sales this year than we did last year, which is always a good thing when you're running a small business. Yeah, that is awesome. So I was actually on the website earlier. I was looking at, uh, I, I noticed the story, kind of the background and the, how, you know, obvious shirts became what it's become today. I was watching the video that you all had, um, just talking about it, which is really awesome to just you know, learn and see how that was all, how it all came together. And basically you were not a huge fan, I guess, of the selection of Cubs shirts at the time. It was 2015. You wore the Jake Arrieta is good at baseball shirt that caught fire. The rest is kind of history from there. But uh, how did you get the idea to just wear that specific t-shirt? I mean, you already had all these kind of slogans and these like unique phrases in mind. Yeah. So it was just like the culmination of the perfect, storm at the perfect time um it, the the history it, it, go, it goes back a little further than i usually tell in the story of the brand so like i was a pretty competitive ball player growing up um and played travel baseball in the summer like any kid who's serious about playing college baseball um and so we had a tournament at tcu and it would have been i think jake's junior year 
I think he left after his junior year. Um, and what's cool is like part of this tournament is you get, you know, two, two or three hours before your game, you get access to the locker room and TCU has an awesome facility. And um, I was given number 34's locker, who I didn't know at the time. And I was just like kind of dilly-dallying in the locker room and taking my sweet time. And one of the janitor, I, I don't know if it was a janitor, one of the guys working the event, like was coming in and cleaning up things in the locker room from the team before we used it. And he's like, number 34, that's a good locker. And I'm like, oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's our star superstar pitcher. So that's when I was first ever introduced to Jake Arrieta when I was probably 17 years old. And so that name, that name kind of escaped me for a while. Um, went on, played college baseball, uh, got a job out of college, moved to Chicago, like still a diehard Cub fan. But when we got Jake in the trade with Pedro Strope, I was like, oh my God, I know that guy. I had that guy. So literally from day one, I was like, that's going to be my dude. Uh, I didn't know too much about his pro career. Um, and so I was just like, this is going to be my guy. And sure as shit, he literally became the best pitcher in baseball within like a year and a half of that. So that was kind of the cool factor, number one. Number two, yeah, you're right. Like I had uh, Cub season tickets at the time and I was in sales. And so when you're like in sales, you get a quota. And so my goal every year was hit my quota as early as possible because when you hit your quota, you're you don't, you're not managed anymore, at least at the company I was at. The, my boss didn't really need to see me. I didn't have to always go into the office. So I would literally try to hit my quota as early as possible so I can go to as many Cubs games as possible. And with that being said, like, I was kind of like, do I still wear jerseys to games? I don't know. Like, yeah, it's totally fine to wear jerseys. But, like, for – I wanted something to wear that was, like, unique that I could wear to, like, all the games. And so when I was thinking about this – uh, you know, me and my coworkers are, we had a small team, but we all liked the Cubs. So every morning, uh, before work or at the end of the day, before we left, it was always Cubs talk and Jake was dealing in 2015. And so I came in to the office one day late and it was, the whole floor was pretty quiet and everybody like just stared at me walking, walking in late. And my manager's like, do you have anything to say? And I was like, yeah, Jake Arrieta is good at baseball. And like the whole floor laughed. And my buddy the next to me is like, you should put that on a t-shirt. And I was like, you're right, I should. He's like, I can help you do that. I'm like, okay, I'll take you up on it. And so I had to make me that shirt because again, I didn't love, like back, back in 2015, all you could buy was like the shirt, like the jerseys. It was like the t-shirt jer jersey from, that was made on a cardboard Gildan shirt felt like cardboard when you were wearing it. So I was like, I want something as soft as possible. Buy the most expensive blank royal shirt you can, your guy has, because that tells me it's probably going to be the most comfortable and most durable. And I just want a Jake Arrieta's good at baseball shirt. And I'm going to wear it. Get it to me as soon as you can. I'm going to wear it when I get it into his next start. Got it in, loved it. Um, and like two days later, he was starting. I'm like, I'm going. It was against the Brewers. And I think it was like, mid-September it was one of the last it was one of his last regular season starts and he struck out 11 when all nine innings gave up two hits dominated and when I was at the game I had bleacher season tickets 
And in third inning, I went to go get a beer and like got bombarded. Like everybody was like, where'd you get that shirt? I need it. And I'm like, I'll make you one. So I took, I took everybody that I had that asked me, I either like wrote down their name and email or name and phone number in my notes app in my phone, or I took a business card and I followed up with every single one of them, ordered 50, uh, sold all 50 of them, ordered a hundred, sold all a hundred of them in like two days, ordered 400 of them, sold 400 of them like in a week. So I was like, okay, I'm onto something. And yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, now you've sold at least over 150,000 or so shirts since then, right? Going back yeah, to 2015. Including wholesale, I think we're coming up on 200,000 shirts. Nice, yeah. I didn't know when that video that I was watching on the site earlier, I didn't know how um, you know how long ago that's been up. So I saw the 150,000, but either way, it's awesome how it's just caught fire. Um, I'm also in sales, and so I understand. I think I'm gonna try to emulate the uh, hit the quota as soon as possible strategy as well. That's not a bad idea in general. And I was actually also I used to work at a t-shirt company myself, and nice. uh, so I'm I'm familiar with <laughs> when you say Gildan and some of those things. It's like oh yeah, that definitely rings a bell. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's cool how it's all just come together. So I mean, could you have ever imagined going back to? I don't know, no. 2014, 13, how this would be your job now. I mean, it's got to be a pretty cool yeah. job, right? Yeah, this was never in the plan. This was, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was always an idea guy. Like if, if you ask my childhood friends who I still am close with to this day, I was the idea guy and the athlete of the group. Every one of us had our different like quirks, but I was, I've always been an idea guy. So I knew entrepreneurship was the path I eventually wanted to go down. Never in a million years would I have thought it would have been an apparel company or a t-shirt brand. No way. And I always wondered uh, about the licensing. And I know on the video it said uh, basically MLB was like, hey, you can't do this. But then you said, hey, hear me out. You told them what was up Mm -hmm. or what you were doing. And they seemed to love it, right? And just like that, you got the licensing? Yeah, that was wild. I I consider myself very lucky um, because of how everything kind of came together. I had the Jake shirt, which took off and kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say it put me on the map, but it like, it spread really, really fast. Like it, it was, if I didn't do anything, it was a one hit wonder for sure. It, it blew up. It was so much fun to do that. Um, it was just cool to get, you know, people asking people, strangers, people that, you know, I played or I went to high school with a guy that you work with. Can I get a shirt? Like people were reaching out to me from every direction. And my second shirt, I so that was the first shirt. The second shirt I ever made was Kyle Schwarber crushes baseballs. And my whole family's IU. Like, I'm the black sheep. I didn't go to IU. Uh, I love IU. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to go play baseball in college. And I didn't – I wasn't good enough to get a D1 scholarship to play at IU. I could have walked on or – I could definitely could have walked on at IU. But I was like, I want to play day one. I want to play all four years, blah, blah, blah. So – I was like, I'm going to make this one in red because of you and Kyle Schorber. And uh, a guy bought that shirt from New York City and wore it to the Cubs-Mets game at City Field, and the camera found it. And I was watching the game live like when that happened. It was when Cubs games were on NBC Sports Chicago. I was like, holy shit, they just showed my T-shirt. So I ran over to my computer, uh, Googled how do I continue – like how do I allow a shirt to continue selling when out of stock? Figured that out, turned that on. And when I woke up the next day, I had like, I sold like 400 shirts and I was like, oh my God. And then a few people picked it up. It was on MLB.com or, uh, yeah, it was on MLB.com front page about the fan wearing the shirt with the words on it. And yeah, that later that day, MLB 
Players Association was like, hey, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, I didn't. I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'll take it down. But before I do that, can you just hear me out? Like, can I send you like 10 ideas that I have that, that I've been like working on? And they're like, they were so cool. They're like, yeah, send it, but whatever. Um, we're not really bringing on anybody new right now. And I said, okay, I sent them like a week later. They're like, Hey, these are, these are cool. They're clever. They think we think they're different and we kind of want that. We, we we're, we've been looking for something different. We think you might be it. And another week later I had a, I had a three-year contract with MLBPA. So that's how that works. Okay, cool. I was wondering about that. Like once you got the licensing, if you, I didn't know you had a contract or how that works. So I guess obviously you just renews every couple years, essentially, right? Pretty much every three years. And that's like, yeah. I try, I'm a pretty chill dude. I don't like, I try not to let a lot of things bother me, but like people rip me off yeah. all the time. And we're, and people like, even in Cubs Twitter, people are creating shirts like without the proper permission. And the only reason why that gets to me is because we, how it works with the PA is you pay a guarantee. You pay a huge chunk up front and then you have to, you have to like hope you earn it in your sales. You you earn it back. Um, so yeah, when I see people like it's expensive and it's it's some years I didn't I didn't even cover my guarantee, but I I keep it because it allows me to the flexibility to do any I can do any player on the forty man. So I can do I access to twelve hundred player rights and yeah to get access to twelve hundred player rights it's not cheap. And so when I see people like knock me off or make make a shirt with the player's likeness without them knowing about it like yeah that shit gets to me because it's, it's a lot yeah. of money oh yeah no for sure knockoffs are no fun either way but um yeah it's really cool and I, it's obviously it's, it's just cool because i mean the brand the name says it all obvious shirts they're you know clever easy simple slogans phrases um and i mean the Cubs are a national brand. I mean, I so I'm in Virginia. I've gone to Nats games. I wore it obvious. I think I was wearing um, I'd rather be at Wrigley. And I got, you know, a reaction or someone was like, hey, like, go Cubs. Or they're also wearing a, a obvious mm-hmm. shirt. So it's cool how, you know, I'm sure I know in Chicago, obviously, everybody knows who you are. And, but it's even nationally. And I don't know what your sales are like in terms of national audience. I mean, I don't know if I'm the leading I don't know if I'm representing Virginia by myself or not. I'm sure there's <laughs> other people in Virginia, but uh, you know, and I've been getting my dad a bunch of shirts lately because I was like, why haven't I? I was thinking like a couple of years ago when I finally started kind of catching on, and I was like, oh, this is an easy gift. I could just get all these shirts. So you know, obviously, shirts has been great for you know just getting gifts or um, just to check all the different styles and everything. So it's been really cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for supporting the brand like you have and for a while now. Um... Yeah. Yeah. The goal is to eventually go national, but like, I just don't give a shit about other teams. Like I do the Cubs. So, I mean, I would say Cubs sales is probably 70% of our revenue, maybe 60% of our revenue. College has been really big for us. Lifestyle, like just, we try to get lifestyle stuff every day. You know, I take great naps, running sucks. Um, I like pizza more than people still call it the Sears Tower. So I try to like, that's been easier to like, market to people but we don't yeah like what you said like when you go to a nats game and people come up to you like that was when i decided i wanted to do this i had to like kind of write a value proposition and that that like got me thinking like how is this going to work long term and i just thought that 
people when they the whole reason why I made my shirt for me is I wanted people to like laugh at it or I wanted I wanted it to be so stupid that it was funny because Jake obviously was the best pitcher on the planet by understating that he's good and not great at baseball like that's part of the that's part of the joke that's how the obvious like no shit Sherlock yeah he's good he's has a 170 RA and is 13 and 2 his last 15 um so when people wear the shirts and get reactions I feel like I hope that they they like that they like wearing it because it gets conversation started or it gets people like high-fiving or gives them a thumbs up from across the street on the other side of the sidewalk. Like, and it worked, right? So the whole philosophy was, I don't even have to market. Like we don't spend any money on marketing. Like our, our customers are, are, is our marketing. Cause when you wear it out, you, and it's not every time, but a lot of times people are like, Hey, that's, that's funny. Where did you get that? And that's our like guerrilla marketing. So I haven't grown as as much outside of Chicago, I think, as I would have liked because I haven't like put that effort into like thinking of designs for other players on other teams because I really just kind of like the Cubs. So yeah, yeah. I hope I hope it, we can duplicate this process down the road. That is the plan. So you know, I hope I'm not upsetting people uh, by going in other markets because I think. They've associated obvious shirts with Cubs, but you can't make everybody happy. Uh, you can't please everybody. And I mean, whatever I do, it's going to, somebody's going to have an objection for it. So I'm just going to try to do me. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Well, you're being authentic, which is all you can do. And um, yeah, you you have, uh, you know, I've seen obviously the Bears, you got some White Sox stuff. There was that, um, the Yankees, uh, the freeze, right? The stadium freeze at the mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium. So, like, you kind of branched out a little bit. Yeah, that was all, and that, like, all came together really quickly. I'm going to put mm-hmm. a lot more effort into that in 2024. But, yeah, a lot of times when you see certain players or certain teams, certain markets, that's because somebody asked me to do it. And I'm just like, I okay, see. I'll try. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do it. Or that's they cool. message yeah. me enough where it's like, okay, I'll so you can stop messaging me. I, I will make your Philly's collection for you but yeah gotcha. it'll be more strategic going forward I gotcha yeah that's cool though um it's just cool to see all the different ones I showed the link to someone the other day and they mentioned the pizza one as well she was mm-hmm. like I'll have to get that for my dad but uh no it's cool it's just you know obviously what you're doing and then how did you how fast did, did you realize this could be my new full-time job were you still working at the other place and then doing the church on the side and then you were like wait I can probably let this go now and do this or how did that kind of uh, work out for you? Yeah. Good question. Again, the timing of everything. And and I, I considered myself lucky. Like I don't, if I were to do this, decide to do this like today all from scratch, I would not, I would not be able to do it. I just wouldn't because too many things lined up. Um, So 2015 is when I started making the shirts and like lo and behold, next year, the Cubs win it all. So all of 2016, I w- it was a side hustle in all of 2016. I was coming home from work. Yeah, I get home at 5.30, 5, 5.30. And then I went right to fulfillment. And I would I was living downtown Chicago in a high rise. And I had a storage locker on the third floor. I lived on the 31st floor. So that was miserable. Like coming in, checking the computer, fulfilling orders, going down to the third floor with like a shopping cart, throwing them all in there, coming back up to stuff them in envelopes, taking them back down to send out to uh, receipt or the to 
you know, mail room so that they could go outbound. And right around, I think it was right after, it's when my greatest game shirt came out is when I was like, okay, this is nuts. Um, and I did the quick math and said, if I can kind of keep steady at this rate of orders, I would be able to at least, it will be able to supplement our, our lifestyle. And I think I could pull this off. Well, I underestimated myself by a shit ton because I quit my job probably a lot earlier than I should have. And uh, there's no greater motivation when your bills are, you know, fixed and your your orders and your revenue are not. You will work like a dog to make sure you do whatever it takes to, to you know, put food on the table and pay your bills. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So that was, yeah, that's where the motivation came from. Um my dad was in sales and he would always say, uh, you want to, you want to figure out how to be a good salesman, buy a house you can't afford, buy a car, buy a car that you can't afford. Um, and you'll figure, and that'll do everything that'll allow you to do everything that you can possible. Like that, that's how, that's how you'll find out how hard, hard of a worker you can be is by getting bills that you can't afford and you have to make it, you have to make it work. Yeah. When you're, when you're desperate or if you're stressed and, got to stress how to pay the bills then you're just like okay i gotta do something i gotta make something work yeah. here yeah so the first the fir- 2017 was pretty personally for me was pretty it was a miserable year uh because i went from a very good paying job um in sales and i was good at sales so like when you're good at sales and you hit quotas and you hit bonuses and you know selling software so it was not you know it was very very easy to bring in large contract deals i the next year I made one fourth of what I was making. And I was like depressed. Cause I was like, what, what the hell am I doing? Like, this was such, I, I ruined, I ruined my career. Like I, I and then, yeah, I just was like, I'm going to give this 90 days, 150% every single day. I worked the hardest I've ever worked in my life for those 90 days. And it, it, luckily it, it panned out, but yeah, that was a, 2017 was a miserable year. Yeah, I think my first uh, obvious shirt was actually the Sylvie Strong shirt for Mark Silverman when he was cool. you know battling cancer a few years ago. And then I know you've, um, you know, I think David Kaplan when he does his charitable initiatives mm-hmm. like the, the Unity Alliance Walk or so. I think you've done shirts for that, and obviously you're pretty much like a local celebrity out there with the, the shirts. People know definitely like, not. The, <laughs> not a celebrity maybe but i mean i've heard your name on the radio they're referencing it they i see obvious shirts now obviously i'm following a bunch of the mm-hmm. cubs people on twitter but uh yeah it looks like it's definitely you know it just looks very successful obviously just based on the recept the reception the reaction all the shirts you see on the stands so um yeah it's awesome i just love how how it's come together the story behind it Thanks, man. Yeah, I consider myself very, very lucky and very, very fortunate. Um, it is a dream come true. Uh, yeah, other than playing shortstop for the Chicago Cubs, this is probably the the next coolest thing that I could have done with with my life. So I'm very, very fortunate. So you said uh, you you when you did have season tickets. So you don't have season tickets these days. Not personally, the company does. Um, but yeah, I, I there was a period of like two years where I didn't. I had them from 2013 to 20. 19 didn't and then the 2020 season i didn't um 2021 i didn't and then 2022 the company got them 
And then you have, it sounds like you have access or, um, you know, being able to work alongside or doing a special project for guys like Ryan Sandberg or whatever. Like, that's mm-hmm. got to be cool in itself too, right? <laughs> that's probably the coolest part um, is getting to know the, the guys, um, the Cubs players alumni, the, the legends of the team. Like, that's the coolest part is working with them. And not because they're famous and popular. I enjoy collaborating with them because like working on creativity, like being creative with somebody else is a really cool, um, I don't know what the word is. It's, it's a really cool way to interact with somebody is on a creative basis. So like, you know, I always throw out Ian, uh, Ian Happ. He's like a really, can I cuss on this? Sure. Yeah. He's a really fucking smart dude. Um, not only is he like really smart, but he's like, he's an idea guy too. So collaborating with him was like the first player that I really was like, okay, here's my input. You give me your input. Oh, that's really good. What do you think about this? Oh yeah. We both agree. That's awesome. Let's do that. Like that was, that's the best part. And of course, getting to know the guys is is great too, but, um, yeah, I don't get starstruck or like, I don't that's never been my personality. So I just like think of them as like, they're doing something that I wish I could be doing. Um, But what they bring to the table outside of like baseball talent is, is the coolest part to see, you know, what else they're interested in, what they care about. That is really cool in general, just being able to collaborate and help, you know, whether it's creating something or just getting the work alongside, you know, these guys, you know, we know them as baseball players or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you get to see the kind of the other side of it, which is cool too. So what do you think about the Cubs offseason so far? It's been quiet. We've been waiting for something to happen. Cody Bellinger is still out there. <laughs> What's your mood of the Cubs so far as January, it's January 20th right now. Spring training, like I said before, is right around the corner, but what's your mood on this team right now? Well, I think, I don't know. Every, every offseason, I'm a I'm a, I I try to, so first of all, I'm, I'm a Cubs homer, right? Like I try to be as optimistic and I say shit all the time that deep down, do I, I don't really think that or mean that, but I'm trying to project positivity, very big on vibes, very big on universe and karma. So like, I'm always trying to project positive, but I feel like every off season I'm disappointed uh, just because I know how much money goes through Wrigley Field. And so it's like, if I was an owner, I'll, I'll, I will never be an owner of a baseball team. But if I was, I would 100% take the George Steinbrenner approach and, and buy as, as the, the best players that money can buy if I have the money because I want to win and I'm uber competitive. And so, yeah, it's it's hard for me as a competitive person to be like, yeah, they they should have been a finalist on Shohei. They should be. They should have already signed Cody Bellinger. Like, yeah, I know the I know the baseball savants, the the baseball like analytical fan base is going to tell me why that's stupid or not. No, one one hundred and sixty million for Cody's fine. But if they pay one eighty, that's a bad deal. It's like I don't give a fuck. I just want I want entertainment on the north side. I want to go to a baseball game and be entertained and see good players play. So. Yeah, I want they have to they absolutely have to bring Cody Bellinger back. Not just because of what he can do from a production standpoint, but he's a glue guy. He's like a chemistry like he is he is this he's the chemistry lab. He is the one 
kind of common denominator that every player has said we love being his teammate. We follow his lead. He gets us to want to be better. Like they have to sign him. And then, yeah, the bullpen is a huge concern for me. And I, our one through five is good, but it's not great. And I think you have to have a great one through five if you want to do anything substantial in the postseason. Yeah, you know, I I feel the same way from an ownership standpoint. I mean, look at the Dodgers. They're trying to, you know, it doesn't matter how many games they win every season. They still try to add more and more and more. Uh, You said the Steinbrenner Yankees back in the day. And even now they got, you know, Juan Soto. I mean, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, if I'm a billionaire, I know there, I get it. There's like fiscal responsibility and budgets and all that, even in a baseball billionaire stance or sense. But, um, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand being a team like, you know, the Pirates or the A's or whoever doesn't want to spend anything whatsoever. And I get that some teams can spend more than others. And then the Cubs, who are in a big market, should act like they're in a big market. And like you said, get these guys or at least try to have already made some kind of significant move so far. I mean, it seemed like Craig Council was the move until they finally signed is it Shota Imanaga? Is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shota Imanaga. Um, before they finally signed him, uh, it seemed like Craig Council was going to be the move. And that was the move right at the beginning of the offseason. It kind of felt like that was going to set the stage for something big. Yeah, totally. But, like, knowing how the Cubs operate, like, the Cubs, like, Jed's smart. Jed's a very smart guy. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am a team Jed guy. I am... I think there's a lot that people – he's made a few mistakes, especially like verbally coming out and saying it's like it's not a rebuild and all that fiasco. Like at the core of it, though, at the end of the day, Jed is very, very smart. And he is going to be a yes man to whatever Tom says because Tom's the owner. And the council move at – when it first happened, I was like, yeah, like, you know – show me the money, bring me Soto, bring me Bellinger back, bring Shohei. Like, I was like, this is going to be just the top. This is right before the waterfall spills over. But what the Cubs actually did is, like, why do you think Craig Council, I'm going to give you my opinion first, but I just want to ask what you think. Like, why do you think they, at a drop, the drop of a hat, you know, gave Ross the, the door and hired Craig Council? So when, when Craig Council... When that happened, I was shocked because, you know, I thought, you know, probably Mets, maybe Brewers, stay in Milwaukee or go to Cleveland. Uh, So when that move came out and then we heard about how he was always excited about the possibility of being with the Cubs, you know, at first I was thinking, oh, they're going to spend all this money to get him. They're not going to just, you know, rest on their laurels. They're going to go out there and sign guys. But the the more the offseason dragged on, not to say that I think that the Cubs are – trying to emulate the Brewers of being sort of this quote-unquote like smaller budget, smaller market type of feel. And Craig Council knows how to get the best out of these guys with what he's got to work with. And there's some of that, but I don't think it's just, oh, let's just be the Brewers now. But I do kind of feel like seeing what Craig Council had done with Milwaukee over the last couple of years, and they're not a big budget team, obviously, um, seeing how he's able to manage the guys that he had to work with, I kind of feel like they can, they're looking at it like, okay, he's going to be able to get the best out of what we have on this roster without necessarily having to spend whatever it is to bring in, you know, to the to add to our team. But 
so basically, long story short, I don't think they're trying to emulate the Brewers necessarily, but I also think they look at that model and say, okay, we know what he can do over there. We think he can do similar with this specific roster without having to spend whatever exorbitant amount of money. But what do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, exactly that. I I think they paid, made him the most expensive manager because they probably looked at, what did the Cubs have this year, 83 wins? Yeah. I forget. They probably Some, looked at it, yeah. if we had a Craig Council, he would have, his managerial skills, he, he does manage the bullpen really well, which I think was Ross's Achilles heel. But I think that they, the the smart play, this is, and this is how the Cubs front office thinks, is that, yeah. man, man, if we had Craig Council this past season, we would have been an 88-90 win team. And yeah. that's a seven-player war. And what what's the going rate now for a seven-player war a year? $20 million a year? More? Yeah. So yeah. like twenty five million. I mean, a six player war is twenty million. But like, so yeah, that's they're they're just they're they're not dumb, right? But like mm-hmm. at the same time, Bellinger's an absolute must. It's an. I mean, yeah. there's if they don't sign Bellinger, I'm gonna be real real shitty about it because I, I think I think they sign him seven years one eighty two. Like seven years one eighty is kind of where I would. Totally be okay. Now, there's probably people that are going to watch this and be like, you're an idiot. That's fine. I'm not – I don't analyze and study. I don't, I don't I don't have time to be like a baseball nerd, numbers guy, stats guy that I once was. Like, I used yep. to be that guy. I'm, I don't have the time anymore. But, yeah, I. it's like, are you going to let Bellinger leave for $20 million over seven-year period? That is that is asinine to me. That's stupid. You'll make that back on, on jersey sales alone. Nobody bought Bellinger's jersey this year. Why? Because everybody was like, everybody told themselves he was a he was a rental or he was a one year and one and gone. So like, you commit long term to Bellinger, you'll make twenty million dollars back in jersey sales over the next two or three seasons alone. So, but from a baseball standpoint, bullpen still huge concern. But who do we who yeah. did we bring in to be our coach? Arguably the best bullpen like manager of a bullpen in baseball. So, I don't know. I'm gonna still come. Uh, with optimism, but I could see this. If we don't get Bellinger, I could see us being from anywhere from 75 to 85 wins, 85 at the max, but we'll probably finish in the high 70s. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's like maybe you get five more wins out of this team because of, like you said, like with Craig Council, uh, you know, if they win 80-ish games, he gets them to 85, well, let's say it's 83 again, 88, 90 wins. But yeah, you got you got to have that impact bat like Bellinger or someone like that at least. And what pisses me off the most is that the Cardinals are down for once in my life. They're down yeah. right now. Like, go – the the Central is up for grabs. The Cardinals aren't being the Cardinals like they normally are. It's like yeah. this win – the Cardinals are not going to suck for a very long time. They They have 30 years of history to prove that they're amazing at drafting and developing and being awesome – I mean, they bring up a, an outfielder every year. That's awesome. I don't know where they find these guys, but there's always a new guy, and he's always Great awesome. Players. Yeah. So, like, the fact that the Cardinals are down, the Brewers are down, the Pirates are the Pirates, and the Reds are – I don't know where the Reds are. I don't know where the – but they can do some damage. But, like, yeah. this, in my mind, this should be attack mode. This should be spend whatever money you have and go win the Central for the next four or five years. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean – Buster only the other day said the Cubs are like the team to watch the rest of this offseason. So I, I keep expecting like some crazy move is going to happen or something. And, you know, they've been linked to uh, Cleveland with Emmanuel Classe and, you know, whatever uh, Bieber and 
Uh, I thought the trade with Tampa Bay was going to happen earlier in the year, and the Dodgers, mm-hmm. of course, got involved. So, I mean, uh, it's been, you know, it's been an interesting offseason. You know, you, you felt like you, they get counsel, fireworks, you know, winter meetings coming up, and then nothing. But, like you said, Jet's smart. I think he's definitely playing this sort of patient uh this patient game, whether he's trying to get Bellinger at his price or he's trying to get whatever he can at whatever price he's trying to get it at because maybe they think, like, we're not – not that they're not trying to win, but, like, we're not – maybe they're thinking of it like we got to still be patient, whatever. Guy's coming up, but I don't know. They got to they gotta get that impact bat back in terms of whether it's Bellinger or some, you know. The yeah, light, we need a superstar. Know. Like, we need yeah. a superstar. I mean, I, I think about when we had – KB, Rizzo, and Javi, and, you know, that from twenty late 2015 to, you know, 2020 or whatever, 2021. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, we had three superstars. Like, at that time, like, they were, like, they were the guys. They were, you know, top jersey sales, top performers, top offensive, like, threats. Like, we had three superstars, and we haven't had a superstar since. Maybe, I mean, Cody's revival was great, but, like, yeah, we need excitement back, and I, I just know that, like, what I think Jed and the Ricketts find the most intriguing about building and constructing a baseball team is that baseball is a weird sport where you have the $52 million payroll Tampa Bay Rays that can beat the Yankees on any given day in the playoffs. Or you have, like, you know the 2001 Diamondbacks that Craig Council played for, yeah, they had, like, Brandon Johnson and Kurt Schilling, but I dare anybody to name more than three position players on that team. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't have a lot of star power, and they and they beat the Yankees in 2001. They they beat Mariano Rivera. Like, so base, anything can happen in baseball. And I think Jed is not obsessed. That's not the right word, but he is most interested in finding that, like, Almost that sabermetric Billy Bean type of player, but like the guy that will, he wants to bring in guys on good deals that will always outperform their deal. And like that's a game in itself. So I get why he's doing it, but I'm, but like after we tasted the World Series, it's like we, after you win, you should, that feeling should be so good that you will do whatever it takes to get it back. And I don't feel like we're like Mm -hmm. behaving that way. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I gave them the benefit of the doubt, you know, obviously 17, you figure, okay, defending champs, let's see what they do. And I mean, you always kind of Very hard to repeat. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's why I'm like, they'll be fine. 2018, they get you Darvish, and then they choke. And then that's when the Brewers thing started, and 18 and beyond. And and finally, by like 2020, you know, then it's like, are are they going to sign these guys? Are they going to keep these guys? And it's kind of worked out, obviously, that they didn't commit long term to any of them. But I mean, it just seemed impossible that they weren't going to keep those guys, at least some of those guys at that point. Yeah. It just felt like so crazy that, you know, but um, Jed's made some good, good deals for sure. I mean, looking back, I think Jed was, Jed did the right thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cub Cub fans, including myself, because I'm a homer, was like, you know, make Rizzo a cup for life, make KB a cup for life, make Javi a cup for life. That would have been like 600 plus million dollars for a combined war of three. Oh yeah. You know? So like, yeah, it was not, and I love those guys, but I am still going to put trust in Jed, but if he doesn't bring Cody back, I don't, I, 
I will sit Indian style outside the Cubs office until he gives me a very valid reason why he did not. Like I will, I want to know why. Have you ever met Jed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's come it's, in the store a few times. That's cool. Has he bought? He's bought uh, some shirts. Yeah. Great guy. I like Jed a lot. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like with any GM, they're at the mercy of their owner. And so, like, oh, yeah. I think if Jed was just if, if Jed was given the keys to the castle and said, "Spend my money like it's your money," I think Jed would probably operate a little bit differently as you know, probably any general manager for the Chicago Cubs. But I also understand this is a business too, and sometimes winning. Winning is not the one thing that affects the bottom line. And they're they're running or the business based on the bottom line too just as much as the win column. They can say all the fluff and you know, they can come out and say what they want, but like it's a business. They're a business and they're getting evaluated year over year and they're that evalu- that valuation keeps going up and up and up. So they're succeeding. Yeah, at CupsCon last week, I mean, I wasn't even there, not even in Chicago, but just uh, seeing the reception of it on Twitter, I think Cody Bellinger's name was probably brought up the most of any non-Cub, right? Yeah, like, I've never seen anything like that. I've never, like, I mean, it takes, it kind of takes balls, especially with Dansby did. What Dansby did was so awesome. Um, like, if you're a player, you're not going to call out your GM. You're not going to call out your owner. You're not... And they didn't do that, but like I've never seen a group of players all have the common same common denominator, common thread, which is like we we will be better with him. He makes us want to be better. He is the glue. So yeah, that was awesome to see the players come out and say that stuff because yeah, that takes balls to do that. Put a little bit of yeah. pressure on the front office. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but yeah, he's definitely a glue guy. The way everybody is just kind of like, we got to get this guy back. We got to make this. Yeah, he's a good fit. I mean, yeah, he's a good fit. You know, and you said it before. Jed kind of uh, pounces on these sort of I don't want to say reclamation projects, but these guys that are like low risk, high reward, one year deal, ten million guys like Bellinger last year who turned out to be you know above and beyond maybe what people, even though he came in as a former MVP and all that. Reese Hoskins is a name that we've been here, you know, hearing about. Same thing as far as you know, he could be a Cubs candidate too. I was checking out your website and your your media. So I got, I mean, I I know on Twitter you it's a the Simpsons character, but like your whole your whole thing is Simpsons theme. So like what yeah <laughs> what's what's the background on that? Are you just a super fan or like how do and not only that, but how did you how do you do that? Is that like can you just like do that yourself or is that do those Simpsons like give you permit like how does that work yeah so uh, it's all, I, cool. I love it I love the whole look yeah. and feel that's cool you checked it out yeah so um I, I I used to think I was a super fan but then I realized like I'm probably not a super fan compared to some people that would definitely be a super fan it's not like I have memorabilia or anything like that I just always loved watching it and I I don't even watch the new episodes like I thought I would I, I watch mm-hmm. the old ones still but uh yeah, it basically started. So the uh, the the picture I have on Twitter, my Avi or whatever, um, I I came across. I think it's the website. I think it was called, or I think it's called make <laughs> makemeyellow.com. And there's a few mm-hmm. different websites just like that. So it was probably like 2000. I don't know, 14 or 15 or something like that. Um, I came across and I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I should get like a picture made so you can just submit like a picture of yourself and it's like ten dollars or twenty dollars or whatever and uh they gave me that picture or they wrote they, they made that picture 
um, based on the picture I submitted. So I was like, ever since, that's pretty much been my Twitter picture. And I've changed it a few times, but for the most part, it's always just been that. I'll probably never change it. But um, yeah, so I never, I always thought it'd be cool to have a website uh, just to do what I'm doing now. And I never expected to do like the whole like full on Simpsons thing. But um, I decided like it'd be cool to get a couple more pictures, like graphics created uh, for like certain things. Like if you're on my website, you saw like... Yeah, yeah. So what was cool about it all is that um, I don't have to worry about any licensing or anything. It was basically like I paid, they made those those graphics, and I was like, okay, cool, I can just use this. And I'm like, well, where would I use these except for like on a website or something like that? So I was – and just based on the specific website um, template that I have, I was able to make it to where the graph – you hover the mouse over something and the graphics pop up. Um, so I had a few more created – and it was basically just pictures of myself, you know, and then mm -hmm. they made it from there. Um, and then did the you design font... your website? Yeah. Did you build yeah, your I... website? Yeah, I found I found a great template finally. I it was taking me forever to figure out what what I was looking for and the aesthetic and everything. But um, I found it's called Impeka, and it's actually really cheap. It's like a one time fee, and WordPress. it's got unbelievable unbelievable features. Yeah, through WordPress. Um, I was with Word, WordPress initially. I went to Squarespace, and then I decided to go back to WordPress. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Impeka is great. I like the way the website can work and all that and function. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and then the font was just uh, the font, the font dot com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just download all these random fonts, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna. I was like, I might as well just go all in and just. Yeah. And then even the colors, I just on Photoshop, I just did the what do you call it? The little. Uh, Dropper, yeah. Dropper tool, yeah, to find the specific color. So I was like, I might that as well just great. roll in. Yeah, I thought <laughs> that was really cool and creative. Like that was that was fun to just navigate around. Oh, and I gotta say, the quality is fantastic. I usually balk at t-shirts because mm -hmm. of prices, and I'm like, I hate when I wash one. Not this has not happened, by the way. But with other shirts, I'll wash it, and then it will start to fade. I swear to God, these shirts do not fade. They're great quality. Um. And the, I mean, I, I do standard shipping. I get them in three days or whatever. It's super fast. I'm like, this is this is fantastic. Yeah, thanks, man. Because that was <laughs> I've spent so much time to get that right, and it took me a long time to get it right. But again, like that is what I I wanted to do this different because I was tired of getting shirts in as well. And after a few washes, they start fading or they crack or it just doesn't fit after one wash and dry. So yeah, yeah, I'm really proud proud of like the quality because that is what keeps people coming back if you and I, and I, until this past year we never raised prices but we we went through four price increases from our blank alone our our printing prices increased probably close to eight or nine times um and i was like just getting killed on margin because yeah people say a 30 dollar t-shirt that's a lot for just words on it it's like you clearly have no clue how running a business and paying people's, you know, employees' salaries and overhead and rent's not cheap in Chicago. Like there are so many variables. Just to like break break even, I had to like I had to charge thirty dollars for a basic shirt, but it's not a basic shirt because our our fabrics like we tested thirty different brands, thirty different styles, thirty different cuts. Like the ink, the inks, like my printer, like pretty much, and we use a certain ink, but then we added other properties and chemicals to it and we whip it in a in a blender and we put this like elasticity compound like so it doesn't crack like we 
we really yeah. put our time and effort into it. So I appreciate you noticing it. And I hope others notice it too, because like that's of utmost importance. That and customer service is my two biggest things. Yeah, I think, I think it stood out to me a lot too, because I used to work at a teacher company and it was great. Um, and one of the things I was, I was so bad at trying to advise people like, you know, trying to be like, you know, uh, based on their design, specific shirt styles and colors, don't want it to clash, don't want it to do this and that. It was hard to like try to give my expertise based on what I thought, you know, was going to work the best or whatever. But man, I swear I've watched these now. You know, I, even that other one, um, I was just wearing it, th I think yesterday or th two, two days ago, um, it, the scoop, there it is. That was, that mm -hmm. was funny too. Cause yeah. <laughs> obviously the commercial. So, um, yeah. did you have to get special license licensing for that or was it just, no, but like a friend of mine, um, was like an ambassador with, uh, Geico or for that commercial, Sarah Spain. And she like did me a solid okay. and just told them and we donated a bunch of money of those proceeds to charity and like. They just like looked the other way. So I, I when I was working with uh, the the t-shirt place I was with, um, so with it's like an inside joke with me and one of my friends. I would always just you know whatever team didn't matter what team it was. I'd be like they're back, like this team is back now. They're back, blah blah blah. They're gonna they're fit. They're they're all the way back. Even if they sucked, even if it was mm -hmm. like one, one good, good game, game. I'm like yeah. yeah. Um, and I know everybody does it now, so I'm not trying to say like I was the first one or anything. I just felt like it was always something I was always just being like, oh, the Cubs are back, this team is back. And he was like, you, he was like, I should get you a T-shirt with that on there. And I'm like, you know what? I I already work for a T-shirt company. I can just create it real fast. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I love but it. Uh, and it was just me and him, so it's not like I it's not like I uh, has really sold it or anything like that. But it was just me and him that got it. Yeah, just their back. And I always throw that on Twitter, and everybody does it anyways but yeah it was just funny and i i was kind mm -hmm. of it was like it, it reminded me of obvious shirts just because of you know a simple wording or whatever on the shirt but uh no it's 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 such a cool model so it's yeah yeah definitely keep being authentic yeah thanks sam authenticity is is everything like literally the brand is just my personality um i i think that's why it works and people that follow and know the brand like they know that. And I think when you are authentic and you're true and you're consistent, it's like, if you're authentic, you're going to be consistent because it's, you're just being you. And that's like, I think that's been like the biggest pillar. That's been like the, the foundation of our success is it's just me. It's just who I am. And, um, my dry humor, uh, yeah. it's not, it's, it's just, it's basic dumb shit, but yep. I stuck with it and I, I'm not going to change who I am or adapt or, whatever. I'm just going to be myself. And if people like it, great. If they don't like it, great. Like, I don't, that shit, like that doesn't bother me. I don't, it's not for everybody. So I appreciate you like picking up on that and recognizing it. Um, so like social media these days, everybody just wants to be a fucking keyboard warrior and just oh, yeah. say shit to say, to say shit. And maybe it makes them feel better. I don't know. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm really big on authenticity and I, I do tell people like I've, I've done, I don't know if it's not consulting, but I've had people like reach out and pick my brain because they like my presence on social and what my psychology is behind my marketing. And it's like, what I tell them is what you just described. I'm like, find something that's yours and just make it yours. Like, you know, an example of mine is the A plus. Like I, if I see something that somebody says something, oh, yeah. A plus tweet, like that's kind of like, like, 
make those yours or, and I don't care if I'm, I'm probably not the first person to say a plus tweet. I don't know. I don't know anybody else that does it, but like, even if there was somebody else that did it, like who cares, make it yours. You can still be hyper local on the vast ocean. That's the internet. So like the Cubs are back, like keep doing that and keep making other phrases yours and keep rocking it and going with it. And people will, start to reference that and pick up on it and then they'll start using it and then it just grows and people you don't need credit like you don't have to be the guy that's like i said it first like people will know if you do and you're consistent authentic people will know so like that what you just described is like a strategy that i use and i think other successful people on twitter kind of they do that too they make something theirs and they keep pounding it into the ground until people are like all right that we get it but that's what that's what works (laughs) Yeah, the shirts, the shirts remind me of, like, tweets, you know, just, like, mm-hmm. simple, you know, I think you said that, yep. or it was said in that video, too, on the site, but, uh, yeah, yeah, just, um, and, I mean, you've probably picked on it, picked up on it, too, uh, on Twitter, I'm sarcastic, dry humor, I just mm-hmm. say stupid stuff, to, just to see if it's gonna get a rise out of someone, like, see what sticks, exactly, well, Joe, it was awesome to, uh, to chat with you, really Likewise. cool that we were able to finally connect and do this um thanks for thanks for following me on twitter for whatever reason you did a while back so because i don't i don't i think now they've changed it to where if you're not you're not connected mm-hmm. on twitter you can't dm or whatever so glad we're able to make it work yeah like if i see an account that i like and i think somebody's funny creative whatever i yeah i follow everybody that i come across i i don't, I don't follow everybody uh that i that i probably should i probably should follow more but i'm not I, I don't use Twitter like for browsing it unless it's like Cubs news, right? I just kind of put it out there as part of the brand. But when I come across a profile I like, I immediately follow and I do, I, I circle back and the Twitter algorithm is always changing. So it's like some accounts, some of my people I'm following, I haven't seen their tweets. They tweet every day. And I don't, they're never in my timeline. So I have to like make it a point to go to their account, search their, search their name, go to their account, click on their profile, scroll it, and then guess what now it's in my twitter feed like all the time again so yeah twitter's weird but keep yeah, it's doing definitely weird keep up the great work thanks again for uh your time telling the story i'm sure you've told it many times but it's a cool story so I'm yeah sure, thanks uh... for having me i really do appreciate <laughs> it and i'm i'm a huge uh fan and champion for you know guys like you that are creating something uh following their your you know your passion your hobby your interest just keep it up like i i would want to help out in any way, any way that I can, because I I believe when you got what all you guys are doing. Yeah, and I love helping out you guys too with the shirts. It's awesome. I'll, I'll yeah. probably just keep giving them as gifts for people, for, for at least for my dad. But uh, yeah, no, let's definitely do this again one day. You know, maybe this season or later in the seat or off season or whatever. Um, let's definitely do this again. Absolutely, appreciate it.